This week we welcome Loomis back to the show. This is Swapcast number five with Janet Down. I really enjoy sitting down with Loomis. We always go on these deep, weird dives, and this time it started with Eridu. Now, Eridu is supposedly the oldest city. I'm not sure about that. I think Turkey's going to surpass it pretty quickly with the amount of stuff they're finding out of there. However, at this time, Eridu is the oldest city. It's mentioned in the Sumerian text. It's mentioned in the Bible. And Eridu, like a lot of the things me and Loomis look into, is deep, however, not too deep. I found some stuff in the Sumerian text and some research that I did in that direction that was quite interesting. However, it led us into different rabbit holes, timelines, human evolution. It's interesting where these investigations take us. And two hours later, we had a few subjects to cover, and this one was done early in the morning. So forgive me if I'm a bit rusty to start. However, always excellent sitting down with Loomis. Looking forward to catching up with him soon. That's about it for me, guys. I've got some interesting interviews coming up, a new guest, and that'll be very cool. I'm still going to use the little joiners instead of the music. No one said anything. I just think it keeps it original. However, if you know anyone that would want to put a couple of joiners together, let me know. All right, and I'll give them a shout out. That'll be awesome. Remember on Patreon, unlocking the code. So is Loomis. Make sure you give him a like, give him a follow. Excellent content coming out of Chan It Down. The chaos continues in a weird, wonderful, interesting, crazy way. So just remain prepared. Be kind, be cool. Look after yourselves. And we'll talk soon. Cheers. Locking the code. Welcome, everyone. We got another swap cast with Triffin of Unlocking the Code. And this would be our fifth joint venture. And is it really? Yeah, I think it is. And well, we've wow. done other things too. I was on your show. You came on that group show with me and David yeah. Whitehead. And- Josh. Yeah, we did. And we did a few Freaky Fridays as well. Did we do a Freaky Friday? We did. We did. Freaky Friday? I no, I don't think we did, but that sounds like a fun uh, thing. I'll do a Freaky Friday. Why not? But, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that was that was with the general subconscious realms. Uh, he oh, no, I never done realms. a show with you in general, but I, yeah. But, mm. uh, well, but we'll is it really? Is it our fifth show? Well, we'll have it, to hear. We'll it is. Yeah. Us. So we talked about the Ark of the Covenant and we talked about mm. the moon. The and moon. then we had the craziness of the last. Two well That's at the right. time, the last two years. And then we did one where we're just talking about like a lot of things, earth history, megalithic sites, UFO sightings. Mm. Um mm. and so yeah, this would be number fifth five for po- uh swap casting. So here we are. Wow. Here we are again, mate. And we, we're sort of gonna do the we're gonna go again, aren't we? We're gonna cause we started what what everybody needs to understand is that Loomis and I chat pretty regularly uh through messenger and it's like we we keeps like well what's our next project what are we going to look at next and uh and you suggested eridu which is yeah. at this present moment the oldest city on the planet theoretically yeah uh, that's a, we'll probably explore what whether that is the case in, in a little while however um yeah eridu was interesting man I, it was like the initial, because uh, we, we said, oh, well, Eridu, there's not a lot. But then I, about 11 o'clock the other night, I found a different rabbit hole with Eridu that I want to want to take you on, um, which is not necessarily to do with the city, but to do with who founded it and what it actually is. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, where did you want to go, mate? This was this was your, you, 
you're recording. It's your you're yeah. hosting, I suppose. Where, where, where do you want to start, mate? You, you lead um, us off. Let us start in Eridu, and I think we can spin off in many directions from this because it's pretty. Mm. It's a pretty loaded show we're doing today, looking at some of the most important truths on this planet, and um, mm. Mm. where we get to. It, it, and we both of us we get to unload many years of research and put together speculative possibilities of our ancient past. So this is going to go. You know, this is. I think it's a pretty important show. Um, mm. But let, we'll get into Eridu. Just, I mean, um, one, you know, it is reportedly the oldest city in the world. Um, and where it's located is on the 30th parallel, which is even with the Great Pyramid and probably some other sites, which I never take, took a look at. But yeah. I find that being a very important strategic point right there. Yeah, the thirtieth parallel has is is important. Where is it? I can't put my fingers on it right now. I've got a book somewhere, um, which is the Sacred Grid, um, and the thirtieth parallel. There's more than one megalithic site that exists on those parallels, um, and it makes me wonder whether or not they are. Um, are they magnetic lines? Are we talking about electromagnetic? lines where they're harvesting the energy of the of the actual electromagnetic lines of the earth because it depends on which one you look at with the with the parallels and the, the longitude the latitude where these things are situated because there's two sides to it right so there's a there's a whole heap of so, so these megalithic sites that are uh, that are off kilter okay yeah which tells us that if basically if you put the earth back on its axis these sites line up as perfect right but because we're at 23.5 degrees, uh, the sites are now not, well, theoretically, as if you go with the grid, the hypothesis, for the record too, everybody, it's not even, the sun isn't even up. Loomis got me up early, man. I what are you doing to me? No. Uh, it's it's uh, part of the torture regime here. <laughs> so if yeah. I'm a little bit, a uh, little bit rusty, give me, give me, give me 15, 20 to, to, to get the old diesel generator fired up. Yeah, um, you're better than me at that morning time in the morning, I think. So, yeah. So basically, yeah, long story short, there is a number of sites that are off kilter, which would have been in line if the planet was back on its axis, right? Whereas now we're on a 23.5 degree angle. There's another whole heap of sites that are in line with that. And one of the actually this is another branch of research that we may need to come back to uh, is in my notes somewhere. It's like one of the questions I ask is that maybe that's a time marker, Loomis, right? The sites that are not in line anymore versus the sites that are, there's a there's a marker in time, man, right? So right. that's prior to whatever caused the 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 angle mm-hmm. and after, right? Yeah. Um, which is. Yeah, there's not. I didn't go too much further with that. That was another one of those little scribbles in the middle of the night where it's like, oh, wow, that's got to be, there's something there. Uh, have a, yeah, Eridu, we're saying in that's in Mesopotamia. Uh, yep. it's the was the home of at the Absu temple of the god Enki, right? We can't, I don't know if you want to start with Enki. I mean. That's sort well, of the rabbit hole where I went. Tell us a bit more about Eridu, mate, as far as the city and, and all those sorts of things. Well, yeah, on the Sumerian kings list, 
It starts with when kingship was lowered from heaven, kingship was in Eridu. So this is mm-hmm. telling us that the first city that these gods with a little G landed down in, apparently, you know, enough evidence suggests that anyway, you know, coming mm-hmm. from heaven, they're coming down. This is the first place for kingship and it was in Eridu. So it's a very important place and it's where the confluence of the, the, the Tigris and Euphrates rivers met. And I say met because the rivers have changed course since those yeah, days. They don't, they don't go that way anymore. No, yeah, but that's no. where they did meet. Yeah. So yeah, been, and possibly been the Persian arterial. Gulf was right there too. We, we may have had a different um, ocean level there as well, uh, which we'll get into uh, actually. But, um, Eridu is the center of the Sumerian story, which is the mm-hmm. center of the first writings on the planet. And so mm-hmm. the, the first, uh, creation story. So there's a lot, there's something very important about Eridu. And, and this is where, like you said, the temple of Anki is the, they call it the E Abzu temple. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, the gods were here before the humans. And so mm-hmm. we had suddenly civilization just started right here abruptly. It didn't, mm-hmm gradually come in because kings supposedly were lowered from heaven so you had the first mm-hmm. schools congress pharmacy historians you mm-hmm. had agriculture you had metallurgy marketplaces granary they had wheel carts they had open water navigation they had wagons chariots sumerian doctors they could actually remove a cataract from the eye and they had extensive knowledge of outer space. They had libraries, laws. So basically, this is where we get the template of what we call civilization today. Yes. Like everything yes. that they started, we're using today, and they actually use better than we use today. In fact, mm-hmm. I think it was I was reading about the doctors then. Only were they paid if their work was guaranteed. Well, that doesn't work now. So, you know. <laughs> they just take the money first and then don't do anything. All right, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, and and, and you, you you said something, and that we need to. I want to go back over. This is the this is the supposed seat of civilization. The reason I say supposed is there's some. How long before we find a city somewhere in Turkey? That's the next. We're, we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But what a lot of people don't understand about this stuff is that there's a few points on the planet where it's just magically, all of a sudden, civilization existed. Right. right. Uh, and and pretty much exactly as we know it today, I don't want to say I was going to say primitive version, but it's not. It's it's a different version, and I think it's probably a more streamlined version than we than the bastardized uh, greed based version we have today. Because a lot of these ancient cultures, as you just said, there the doctor doesn't get paid unless he did a good job. A lot of these cultures, these ancient cultures, there's a lot of evidence out of Egypt and and um, through Iraq and Babylonia and all these sorts of things. They were egalitarian um, at some point. They weren't. It wasn't always about who has the most gold wins, right? It was more about what's your skill set, what's my skill set, can we help each other? Everybody gets fed, everybody's cool. Um, and then at some point, someone decided to steal all the gold. But you know, when we talk about I mean, these some of these Sumerian tablets, man. I did a, I did one, did a show, short show, few years ago. I don't think it was a Sumerian tablet; it was a Babylonian tablet. Which you sort of got to draw a, a blurry line there. Like I don't know, because the mm. Babylonians come into the town of Eridu, uh, the city of Eridu as well, a little bit later. Um, however, 
there is geometry on a Babylonian tablet that predates the Greeks by two and a half thousand years and is a more efficient way to do you know we all hated geometry turns mm-hmm. out the Sumer- the Babylonians slash Sumerians had it figured out a lot easier than the Greeks three thousand years before they did um and you know and we throw statements around like that Loomis like oh yeah it was just three- that that's massive man right we we are with each turn of the spade with each alternative uh researcher like ourselves um, that are analyzing this stuff from their own perspective, these things are changing history, right? What we don't get and what people don't fathom is that history is literally changing almost every day. Um, and, you know, the, the tablets and Eridu and our deeper understanding is part of that, you know? That's true. That's true. I, I would argue that civilization, though, was never really what we were meant to live like. Like, you know, to be... Um, have reliant on our food source being brought in rather than living off the land rather than and having a kingship and having rulers I mean I think there were better versions of it back in the day that actually worked better than what we see but mm-hmm. still we're, lo- we're looking at a hierarchy system of, of leaders that um, could have been corrupt we don't re- you know at times and then we have a lot of like now you go back and talk about like we have a lot of translations here we have the sumerians who were later taken over by the akkadians and then the assyrians and then there's the babylonians but mm. they all use cuneiform um language and yeah that's so, that's that's why i said the tablets are a bit screwy because it's like yeah. which is that did that tablet they found in babylon is that a sumerian tablet that they found that you know what i mean uh yeah yeah and so but the one thing i've kind of looked into enough with these tablets is like you have the Eridu Genesis tablet. And this is, this is a Sumerian Ooh, that, tablet. That, that, that's, and then, that, this is the, that was on my next night. So oh, cool. cool. Yeah. And then it, it, it runs out because it's broken tablet, but then you get to the Babylonian version and it continues that story, but it does start the same. So it seems like they were trying to keep the flow from the beginning. They're trying to keep the original versions intact and it well, seems um, like they weren't changed too much, other than some names were changed. Well, the, the, the story stays the same. It's only the names that change, Loomis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I mean, the Babylonians believed Eridu was the oldest city on Earth and was actually built by the gods themselves. That was their belief system around Eridu. Mm-hmm. And we and we find the, the first, uh, and as you say, the Genesis tablet's not finished or what's broken. Um, however, what we need to understand is that is the oldest version of the flood myth right yeah. so that is the first recorded version of the flood myth uh that we have on tablet is out of samaria and it's it's known as the eridu genesis and as you say the babylonians followed it on um they picked up the story however this is how far it goes back we didn't actually say how old eridu was 5400 bc uh, to is the numbers that I came up with, mm-hmm. um, is the agreed upon number. And there was some sort of active activity at Eridu from 5,400 BC all the way through to 600 BC, uh, from what they understand now. Um, but that's carbon dating. That's a whole, it's a good question, but yeah. Well, then you don't, we don't really know because it looks like they've built layers upon layers too there um exactly yeah there's uh 
let me see. I was, it was in my notes somewhere. There's, uh, yeah, at least 18 layers are at this site and they mm. built, rebuilt over it many times. The bricks, you can see some bricks are thought to be the like much later edition here. Yeah, Cause like you say on bricks. the show, on your show, um, I've heard you say that a good spot's a good spot. And mm-hmm. certainly this was a good spot, um, in mm-hmm. its day. And, mm-hmm. um, well, anyway, so these, this spot evidently was very important, especially if it was built by the gods and, mm-hmm. um, you know, here it is in the Bible too. I wanted to insert this real quick. Um, because it is briefly mentioned in the Bible. And we, uh, as we know, the Bible is taking a lot of these stories and just kind of like, the Bible is just taking bullet these points. stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's one of my, so, one of my favorite things to do, Loomis, when I run into a, uh, a Bible reader, let's just say, how do we, mm-hmm. how do we do that diplomatically? Or someone that says, oh, I believe in the word of the Bible. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Which one? <laughs> right. Right. Which language? Right. Do you, do you want to talk about Hebrew? Because in Hebrew, there's a binary system, binary system that's hidden within the Hebrew Bible and numbers of letters and letters of numbers. And, you know, from Latin to German to Greek to, uh, you know, which, which, what are we talking about here? Right. However, the story is the story is the story, Loomis. It, it is the, you know, that's the first flood myth story comes out of Eridu, which the Babylonians follow on with. Um, it It's the story, it, which, and it's, they're, they're taking the dot points. The Bible was very good at taking all the indigenous cultures and taking their celebrations and their key storylines and tying them into one cohesive story, which is why I think it grabbed so many people around the world. Um yeah. So what have you got the Bible thing there? Because I didn't yeah. write that down. I thought you yeah, yeah. It, it just says it's very, it's really very at the very beginning almost, you know. So it says in the Bible, and Cain knew his wife. So um, Adam's son Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Enoch, and he built a city and called the name of the city the name of his son Enoch, and unto Enoch was born Erod, and that was Genesis chapter four. 17 through 18. Well, Enoch's son, Erod, or E or Arod, they might say, and that might be where Eridu comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other people look at, you know, I've actually ran into this and I didn't, I never thought about this, but other people look at Enki as Enoch. Yes, and, that's what I was just about to say. That, oh, yeah. yeah. And Enki, yeah. Enoch built the city, or maybe Enki built the city, you know. Well, if we're talking, no, if we're talking, so the Sumerian kings list says, tells us there's two kings of Eridu. Uh, the first one is Allium or Allium who ruled for, and this is, this is the thing. We decided everybody that we're going to put a pin in the Sumerians because I think maybe the kings list needs its own show. Um, and the Sumerians may need more than one. So we, we decided early on, we're not going to deep dive into the Sumerians because there's too much there. But on the king's list, it says uh, Allium, or uh, who ruled for 28,800 years. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then uh, Alangar, uh, uh, Alalangar, who ruled for 36,000 years. However, the, the, the little side note that I, I found, because I keep going, I kept branching as we do, right? Adapa, a man of Eridu, is depicted as an early culture hero considered to have brought civilization to the city as a, as the sage of King Aliam. 
So the king came with a sage. That sage had the technology, had the ability to create civilization, right? Um, and, you know, is Enki Enoch, is Adam Enki, is Adam and Eve Enki, and we're going to get to Enki's wife in a little while. What I've found interesting about um, the Akkadian god, a god Ea, I don't know how you say that, Ea, Ea. I think I Ea, Ea, yeah. Ea, yeah. Um, which is Enki. Uh, the peripheral search on Google, um, and the, I sort of do the Google search, then I sort of branch to DuckDuckGo and see what everyone's got to say, right? They say that he's the god of the deep waters, wisdom, and magic. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the that's the peripheral search that will tell you. But Enki's the god of everything. He's the creator and pe- protector of men and the world in general, right? He yeah. he was the man, you know, like uh, he is the the creator of man. But he's not the God, right? He's no. sort of – he would be Jesus if we we're looking at it uh, or Adam. You know, I think maybe Adam's probably a better uh, segue. Possibly. But then you get into like – and this part confuses me because I've read, you know, that Enki and Enlil were, you know, debating about making a, a race of humans for work and slaves. Mm-hmm. Um, slave race, and they yeah. first created – the first man they created that was successful was known as Adamu and the Adamu, yes, Adamu which is yeah. obviously the biblical Adam. Adam. So mm-hmm. then you got to wonder, well, maybe that wasn't Anki, but, or yeah, Anki, but the, you know, and then you get into the flood stories and they do streamline here where you, you know, according to the, it's account, Zeo Sudra was an earlier version of Noah um, mm. from Eridu was instructed by Anki to build a boat to survive the, the, the deluge or great flood. Cause Anki was supposedly the favor. He favored humanity. He liked his genetic creation where Enlil was like, thought it was an abomination. It was like, and I think that a lot of people suspect that Enlil was the one who started the great flood, but he, Enki gave warning. Yes, that's right. Enki gave warning. He wasn't supposed to give warning and then they, right. they survived that. And it was Adamu and his wife that, yes, yes, yes. It's all coming back to me now. Yeah. 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 yeah so Which is the story, Loomis, right? Right. That is, is the story. story. That is that story. But again, that story echoes around the globe. So do we go, you know, do we go left field straight away and say, did Enki have an ability to get around the globe and warn his different civilizations of what was coming? Right, right? because it goes into Or did they have a communication device? You know what I mean? Like how does does that same story repeat regardless of indigenous culture around the planet? How does that – How? I mean, that's another one of those blasé statements that we make. But no, dig into that for a second. Every single – culture on the planet has the flood myth story the flood myth story is almost exactly the same regardless of where you're from uh from asia to you know to india to the middle east to the americas to the baltic to it doesn't matter right how do they know how did they know like that's the question right how what is the communication device that allowed every single culture on the planet to tell the same story yeah, that is very interesting. That is a good point. Um, have you ever heard of people thinking that of the fact that Enki may not have been one being, but a faction of beings, and that Enlil was another really? faction of beings? 
I've heard okay. that before, and I'm wondering. It, could that could that be like the Palladians versus the Orions type thing? Maybe? Yeah, yeah, it could be. You know, and, and if you think about it that way, then there were beings called Anki. However, in Eridu, there there was a temple made for Anki. So it's very yeah, confusing. Temple, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, is it a one being or not? But then, I mean, you can look at well, as and we who's, will. Who's Look King Liam? Lines. You know what I mean. Who is uh, who is Liam? Who's he? You know who's he in the in the grand scheme? Well, that's is he one of Enki's creations? You know, is he? Because I I wonder. And look, we're going we're going a little left field here. We're we're postulating. However, that's all right. <clears throat> let's pretend for a second that we 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 we're going to ride with the Anunnaki. Okay, so but the Anunnaki, so number one, were they giants? That's a fair question, I think. Um, if you look at a lot of the depictions of the the kings of Samaria, they are depicted as larger than the beings that they rule over, um, and that's mm-hmm. that's also echoed in stellae around the world as well. However, what if these Sumerian kings were a variation, right? What if they made they took one of the hominid species? And gave them long life. They gave them uh, a different DNA makeup, so they could rule for twenty eight thousand eight hundred years or thirty six thousand years. I mean, well, yeah, yeah, you know. And again, so we say, if the kingdom of Eridu is only you know five thousand four hundred BC is what they're saying, which is what that's seven half thousand years ago now. Um, but Aliam and Alangar ruled for what? What's that? They they ruled for 60, together, 65,000 like, years, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that'll come um, in, in key when we talk about timelines and just a yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's 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 fascinating, man. Like who were these who were these beings that ruled these cities? Uh and Egypt for that matter, because it, it's not just the Sumerian kings list, no. it's the Pharaoh list as well. Right. Um, and I said this to Alex last night because we—it's fascinating how the—I uh, think it's like morphic resonance almost, man. You know what I mean? It's like these topics come up and they—they they start getting explored and they—they—they they, they sift through the ether. Yeah. However, I said to him, it's like both in the Kings list, the Sumerian Kings list, and the Pharaohs, the—the the modern, you know, the—the the narrative story is that, oh, yeah, no, half of the king's list is good. We we believe that, but no, the rest of that, we're just making it up. It's all bullshit. Don't worry about it. Yeah, the Zeptepi, they, they yeah. just threw that away. Like, well, it doesn't matter. It's just, that must be myth. Yeah, yeah it's all yeah. myth. We didn't, they, yeah, as if they, but I think we've agreed before, Lewis. I think they wrote down what happened, man. I think they drew what happened. I think yeah. that it just they just did it. it. It's not exactly, it is what it is, right? I I, I think it's more literal than we, than we give it credit for, you know? It's well, um, yeah. Think about the literacy rate back then. Only a few people knew how to write, and if they're going to write something, they're going to write down something important. It had to mm. have been important to want to put it down, especially on clay and in stone. You know. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. One of the little things that this little uh, tidbit that I picked up in my research is that uh, in 1919, uh, a explorer by the name of H.R. Hall found a piece of manufactured blue glass at Eridu, which predates. Oh, wow. the, the blue glass found in Egypt and Turkey by thousands of years, right? So, to me, that's evidence of technology, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I don't know how we, I don't know how we um, dated the blue glass back then, right? Because it's nineteen nineteen, 
you know, it's another one of those ones. It's like, oh, yeah, they found it. It dates to this date. How? Hang on a minute. Stop, stop, stop. How? Tell me how you did that. How did you make that? How do you know that it's from then? You don't. Yeah. No. We don't. Right? We don't know, you know. Can they even carbon da- da- date glass? I, I don't even know. No, I don't think it's so. It's not a no, living. I don't know. We're, it's we're, no living. No, we're, yeah. Well, glass yeah. is liquid anyway. You can't. Uh, this is the thing. Like it's glasses are fluid technically. Um, yeah. I know. So in Ballarat, in Victoria, where some of the old houses are from, like the early eighteen hundreds, uh, and some of the houses have got the original glass in their windows, and you can actually the glass is thinner at the top and thicker at the bottom because all glass is moving. It's all still in a semi-liquid state, but just it takes a lot of time. And so the glass has been in the frame that long that it's actually gathering the liquids gathering to the bottom. Oh, right. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. Very yeah. weird. Yeah, it has to be organic matter to carbon date. So yeah, how would mm. they know? They wouldn't know. I don't know. That's That, that was my question. But mm. the, the point is that they found blue glass, right? Mm. And it's a little bit of a segue, and maybe we put a pin in this later on for another time. But there is um, some of the... Uh, like the big massive chapels, the the churches in Europe, which echo triptic echoes and Masonic influences and vibration and frequency and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But the glass, the stained glass that is in those massive old Gothic churches that were built hundreds and hundreds of years ago, they can't replicate that stained glass today and it refracts light in a way that they don't understand in modern day. Mm. Yeah, that kind of leads off into the whole uh, Tartaria kind of uh, world. Yes, I, I it suppose. does. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it does. The, look, yeah. the Tartaria stuff. I mean, we, I'd love to talk to you about that. That that might need our critical eye because it's it's not that there's nothing there, Loomis. You know what I mean? There's something there about that. Yeah. I don't know how much I buy into, and obviously we don't buy into anything. However, um. There's enough there to question, I think. I think there's some there's enough to to look at there. I I wrote it off at first, but we'll have to mm. put a pin in that and come back to that too. Because yeah, that's come back like, to that, yeah. yeah Let's that's come back. Where, where are we going? Are you tell you, you? Well, you, you mentioned something that spurred something I thought about, and um, this is so. We you talked about lifespans and how long they were, and there is there is evidence in many um, of the Sumerian texts or. or all these texts that they tampered with our genetics and they made people Mm -hmm. live a lot less, especially after the flood. Mm -hmm. And I think if you read the Sumerian tablets and the Bible, if you, if you read it as, as it it, it is God's with, you know, a little G in the Old Testament. Yeah. 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 The Elohim, you can see these entities fighting about what to do with this experiment called humanity, you know? Mm -hmm. So this, this control Mm -hmm. of our lives from way back in the day, it still goes on to today. I mean, how many humans should we have on the earth or, you know, mm-hmm. access to food, access to fresh water, access mm-hmm. to healthcare. I mean, there's mm-hmm. still things going on today and they're still, they were talking about a way back then the limit of the limit, the limiting of access of, of our access to everything basically is still mm-hmm. being talked about uh, today, which is. Oh, without a doubt. Without yeah. a doubt. I mean, and you know, you could you could go as far as to say, is each of the races a, a different experiment? If we go to the science experiment route, right? Yeah. Is each of the races, the different languages, the different colors, the different types, 
different um, locations and temperatures and you know what I mean? Like if you look at it from a, if you zoom out, look at it from a science experiment point of view, it's like, well, here's my little research ball. It's like, oh yeah, we'll put these people in Europe and see what they do. We'll put some in South America. We'll put some in Africa. We'll put some in Australia and we'll just let them go and see what happens. You know, like, is that part of the experiment? And as you say, we'll, we'll make the seat of civilization here. We'll do this here. I mean, we are sort of talking about sort of like a grand architect type of thing. Um, but it's hard not to see that in some ways, right? There seems to be, they decided at different points in history that they're just going to create a civilization here for whatever reason. Or they give the, they give these people this knowledge and they give these people that knowledge and then they see what they do with it, you know? And the, yeah. oh, the other thing, the other thing too, before I just, so I finish the thought back to the Kings list and I've got it somewhere. They, they rule for less and less and less and less time. Right. right. Which sort of leads to what you're saying there. It's like, so, you know, the, you know, kings like Eliam and Alangar are, reading, are ruling for 30,000 years, where the last of the true Sumerian kings only rule for a few hundred. Right. Yeah. So it's like, is that there's a whole downgrade hypothesis as well, right? Where we were downgraded or, you know, once upon a time we had better access to our bodies because this is the one of the other weird things is that you know what the the big question is what makes me me and you you and we don't have access to our brain we don't access our entire genome right yeah uh and where we did we were we downgraded you know what i, I think mean so i think mm -hmm. so too I, I think in some way i think there's 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 you know there's 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 legs to that theory Sure. Actually, there's a lot to that. I'll, I'll, we'll get into that. We'll, we'll put a pen just a little bit later. We'll we'll get into that because I I have some stuff for that for certain. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, oh, but um, let let's I you you were saying something about you know like let's make an experiment here and there. Um, mm. There's a lot to suggest that in this valley in India, not to get off to topic too much from Eridu, but just to say that that the earliest civilization is still a historical puzzle that seemed to have suddenly appeared on the, on the stage of history, full grown and fully mm. equipped, just like, yeah, in just the like Valley, have, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Just yep. like we have with, 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 um, Sumeria. So well, we're saying like, in, in Turkey as well, we're finding the same thing in Turkey, right? Yeah. Uh, the, it, all of a sudden bang in Turkey, agriculture pops up, farming pops up, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. uh, same in the Indus Valley, same in, the Mesopotamian region. Um, and I, I also know. think South America as well, man. I, yeah. The jungle is hiding a lot, I think. Oh, I, I, I wonder. Yeah. Um, I've got, I actually had a bit of an epiphany about that. I'm going to share with you a little bit later on South America as well. Oh yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. Before we, before we leave Eridu, because I had a bit of a, um, so a guy by the name of Piotr Steinkeller, uh, he said the earliest divinity that was worshipped of Eridu was actually Ninherzag, the goddess Ninherzag, okay? And same again, you you look into the goddess Ninherzag on the surface and it's like uh, the goddess of stony, rocky ground, right? So the mountains, okay? No, no, no. Ninherzag was the wife of Enki, man. Oh, yeah. Or was it a sister? Oh, one of the two, yeah. No, no, Ninherzag. So, yeah, however, deeper dive, she was the wife of Enki associated with the creator of humanity itself, as well as fertility, pregnancy, and childbirth. She was the great mother, okay? okay. And I think there is 
We're going to talk about cover-ups and stuff. We're going to finish there. However, there is a definite uh, deletion of the sacred feminine, okay? Yeah. Which provides us the balance, Matt, okay? Like we focus on Enki, the god Enki. Well, no, no, hang on a minute. They worship the earth before they worship the stars, and the mother of the earth was Nin Herzog, and she was the one that was worshipped at the first city ever built, right? Mm-hmm. But we, you know, with the god and Jesus, and it's all very masculine, 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 okay? As part of the cover-up and the destruction of evidence, a massive part of that, and one that we don't talk about, is the destruction of the sacred feminine, which which is what provides our balance. Nothing, nothing exists, right? None of us are here without our mum. You know what I mean? Like nothing yeah. exists without that. Um, but we've been conditioned to look past it, and it's here again at Eridu, right? Because do you know how much I had to dig to find the goddess stuff, right? I had to dig and dig and dig to get to that. Whereas you can read about Enki and blah, 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 whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. Right? About the male king's list, right? What if there's a queen's list, man? Right? What if there's a, you know what I mean? This is the, these are are the big holes that I question. Yeah. Well, there was, they were important. Females were important in in the Anunnaki lineage as well. They Mm. didn't seem Mm -hmm. to be like, Unequal as no, far as not I, at all. I've read not at all in the Sumerian text. They still, if you read them, they understand that the woman is the create that she's the she is the one that gives birth to us, right? That's the that's the the fertility, all that sort of stuff. Um, but what I do find in different interpretations of the Sumerian tablets is that they and this is I wonder whether it's a, a psychological thing or they just. They brush off the feminine, man. They brush it off. Like it's nothing exists without it, Loomis. Right? right. And I and I just I just found that it was interesting that even back even in the research of the ancient city, there's one little paragraph about Nin Herzag and that says she's the goddess of the mountains when she's not. She's the goddess of everything. She's Mother Earth, uh, as it is. Um, and that was the original deity worshipped at Eridu, which is wow. I find fascinating. Because we made, what if, so you were talking, uh, something got me thinking before and it was, we were discussing, I was discussing it last night as well. I think there's two sides to evolution, right? I think there was hominid species potentially that evolved here. Um, maybe we say Neanderthal, okay, for just for, to put a, some sort of picture on it. And I think, like you said, there was a different way to do this. And we see evidence, well, there's uh, evidence from explorers down here that the indigenous down here, they they had centers, they had sacred centers, they had agriculture. Mm-hmm. Now, it wasn't as um, structured, I suppose, is the word, uh, as we see in some of these cities in Turkey and, as you say, the Indus Valley. And Well, we haven't found a city in Turkey yet, but it's only a matter of time, I think. Um, yeah. But the Indus Valley and South America and, you know, Mesopotamia. But so what if they were tacking onto an idea? That was the thought I had before, right? So what if, like, like we say, a good spot's a good spot, right? So because the, the, the nomadic tribes of the area know that, you know, between March and July, this spotted Eridu is a good spot, 
right? Mm-hmm. The, the the waters come in, the, the fish come in or whatever it is, right? What if that was already sort of happening in a way, right? And, and timeline is an interesting question here, but what if it was sort of happening in a way and they just took advantage? You, yeah, you, you may, you may be on and, and whatever was here before homo sapiens sapiens were using exactly. that area. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. A good spot is a good spot, mate. Right. You know? Yeah. I, I think it was a, a much better spot even then. I'm sure it was, especially when you have the rivers closer and, uh, oh, Eridu definitely was. Eridu yeah. definitely was back in the day for sure. It was a good spot. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, but I, I didn't want to leave Nin Herzag out because she's Mother Earth, man. And, yeah, that's uh, that's something I never thought about. I've I've always thought she was a geneticist of uh, his sister. He has a sister, maybe that was a. I get. Yeah, confused. he has a sister. Yeah, yeah. No, there's Nin Herzag, and I can't remember the other one. It's not, but Nin Herzag was his wife. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, and then you want to go back to the Bible, the deletion of Mary and her actual role. You know what I mean? That's right. the same story, right? They take away. It comes back to the triptych, right? We're bouncing this morning, but it comes back to the triptych, right? Because the triptych is the dark, the light, the masculine, the feminine, and we are in the middle. We are the we are the God self. We are the combination of two. Um, mm-hmm. And but the church made Jesus the God self, right? Yeah. Or the Goddess self, or the whatever supreme being. I don't know whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, and took the feminine out. Right, which that's true. Not saying taking the feminine out put us way out of balance and let greedy assholes in control that are trying to destroy the world, but just vaguely gesturing around everything. <laughs> well, I, I no, I think you got a point there. They, they, we, it's always been, and of course they always, you know, modern people complain about the patriarchy of of, uh, mm. you know, and I, I I can see that to a point, you know, and then there's a lot of you know uh, leftists that really get deep into that and they think it's you know man's the worst thing ever just about and it's the modern no, neo-feminism 0.01% of greedy men control the world yes the rest of us are just here yeah, like, trying yeah. to exist yeah. but you know the, there's been very important females I mean the Queen of England would have been one of them you know that would have been important in their hierarchy mm. structure of recent and well, uh, Cleopatra Cleopatra yeah. echoes through time doesn't yeah. she you know like um, Isis. Catherine yeah, yeah Isis Catherine the Great um, you know there's all these queens that echo you know and it, and it was just when I was writing that down I'm like where's the queens list yeah yeah right I, I know now I guess in the, the 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 head of the Anunnaki people is Anu which was a male but mm. I don't know if that, I don't know. There were female names in there and I'd have to like go brush over, but we'll do that in a Sumerian. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's, yeah. let's, let's, let's look at the Sumerian stuff uh, another, another time. time, but I, I yeah. just didn't want to leave Nin Herzog out of it because no, she's no, I think it's good. It's right. good. Yeah. Well, let's, um, let's round up Eridu here. And um, mm, I haven't and, got too much anymore. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. I think I got this here. Uh, this is the tablet incon incantation of Eridu texts and according to studies of Mesopotamia magic, priests learn prayers such as the incantation of Eridu to compel the gods in the name of Marduk. Certain much such powers were said to have been sealed in Eridu, such as petitions to assume god form 
wherein the individual would continue a ceremony of or proceeding acting as a divine representation of the God invoked. I thought that was kind of interesting. I don't, that I don't is know very interesting. what to make of that, but mm. some, you know, we we're putting, that's something that's also magic is part of this whole situation yes, too. It is. And that's it where is. we get these yeah. occult orders that. And I think that's in. part of the downgrade as well. Right. I think, you know, maybe once upon a time, magic was real Loomis. And mm -hmm. if we could access our genome and our brain properly, we would be able to manipulate the elements. Um, and yeah, that's it. That's it. That's, that's, that sounds almost like a spell. But yeah, I'd, I want to listen back to that. I, we won't, we won't put, actually read it again for the listeners. And sure. Matt, can you okay. read that again for me? Yep. According to studies of Mesopotamian magic, priests learn prayers such as the incantation of Eridu to compel the gods in the name of Marduk. So Marduk was, I believe, also a very important name, and I forget where he Yeah, goes, Marduk, he, he's, he's through Babylonia. He's the one of the golden. He's the, he loves gold, Marduk. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it says certain such powers were said to have been sealed in Eridu. So sealed mm -hmm. in Eridu, such as petitions to assume God form, wherein the individual would continue a ceremony or proceeding acting as a divine representation of the God invoked. Yeah. So, so, for, so I know Marduk, right? So they would have a, a festival of Marduk. And I'm, don't quote me on this one. However, I'm pretty sure someone would. I think Marduk loved gold, right? And someone would be selected from the people and they would literally cover them in gold. And you would die, but for those two days that you lived, you were the living embodiment of the god, right? And that's what they used to do. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's yeah, funny. Crazy that, stuff. That made it into a James Bond movie. Much yes. Yeah, much later, yeah. of course. Yeah, but no, no, but that's that's what they used to do. They have the, they have the celebration, and someone would give their life, and I think they yeah they literally paint them in gold. Yeah. Um. And yeah, you would die from it, obviously. However, those for, for those three days, you were the embodiment of God Himself. Interesting. Wow. Which would have been a fun time, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, what some people call fun, I might not call fun. No. Well, yeah. Yeah. I think but, the only other thing I was going to say about Neo uh, um, Eridu was the Neo the Neo Babylonians, right, mm -hmm. repurposed it as a temple site. Okay, so they found Eridu, uh, and because they believed it to be the first sacred city, so they didn't have it as a city hub, and that was its last iteration. Is I think oh. by the sounds of things they. Um, they repurposed the temple sites, rebuilt the temples to a degree, and it was a it was a pilgrimage site, right? Because the Neo Babylonians believed it as the first sacred city. So they recognized it still, even they recognize yeah, it yeah. still, right? Yeah. And that's so if you take that if we were to believe the the generic timeline, that's five thousand years later. There was echoes of echoes of echoes that this was the first city and we needed to make sure that we looked after it. And it was it wasn't a um, a center anymore. It was more of a shrine. Um, but yeah, you would you would go to Eridu to worship the old gods at the first sacred city. Wow. Yeah. So it really has a lot of importance for sure. Mm -hmm. 
Well, which you know, the actual age of Eridu, which might lead us on to our next timeline stuff. Because yep. how old is Eridu? You know, if we're to believe the Sumerian kings list, then we're we're looking a lot older than five thousand years, I'm hundreds sure. of thousands of years. Yeah, yeah potentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. Um, now I have got I've got something to show you actually with the oh. the timeline stuff. Sure, um, because... and I got something too. Let me just wrap up real quick here. Just something about Eridu that I wanted. Yeah, to yeah go throw for it. In. Go for it. Um, yep. The last time it was excavated was 1948, and it's been left since, and it really was pretty much untouched. Like there are so many layers, and there are mounds there, and. It sits in eight, eight mounds, eight mounds, yeah, or, think, eight yeah, mounds yeah, yeah. and eighteen yeah. layers deep, at mm. least. And it's it's mounds of ruins in a desert, unprotected. And today, it's being looted by looters that just you know take like some pottery or something and sell it on eBay. Uh, mm. So it's it's really crazy that a place this important is. And we'll go over this a little more in in the. Um, in the cover-ups, uh, yeah. the cover-ups, because it seems like wouldn't this place be revered as the most important site on the planet? You know, just about. You would think and, so. You would think so. And it sits there today. That's that's what mm. Eridu is now. I mean, you mm-hmm. could go there. It's in the middle of a desert. You wouldn't even know a city was there. And that's how old it probably is because mm. it's been turned to dust. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, you? like it is the. I mean, even in the Bible, it's one of the original cities. You would think that the 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 Bibleists would be all over it. You know what I mean? Like they, you think they'd be sifting through, finding evidence for whatever, but they. You not. think so? But they don't seem to know the Sumerian texts. Many of the they don't they don't realize that all this stuff came from older. I've talked to a lot of preachers. They don't seem to think. They take it as literal as the Bible says, the Hebrew version. Yeah, it's so. the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the yeah. word. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we well, actually <laughs> we had a little bit of a uh, yeah. There was an altercation, and uh, yeah, it's the word. No, yeah, it's not <laughs> the, the belief. The belief in that book is is fascinating. We should put a pin in that one as well. Yeah, it really is. I mean, that, there's truth in there, no doubt. I think so. Absolutely. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they took. The, I think they took the truth from all the indigenous stories and made one book, right? I think yeah, they tried to streamline everything into a small version of what it should be, which mm. is huge. Earth's history. You wanted to share something? Um, let me see. Um, well, I was gonna. I'm gonna make the the segue into timelines if that's yeah, okay. Um. And because it's the catastrophes in the time of man. Now, this is, oh, am I able to share? Oh, you disabled me, mate. You disabled Uh, me. How do I go there again? So go share screen, go share screen, and then allow multiple participants to share. No mistakes here, guys. Perfection all the time. We do all this. Um, (laughs) Enable multiple participants to share. Yeah. Maybe it's in a Um, different uh, little, is it advanced? No, no, it should just be share screen, I thought. Where you go share screen, because you're the host, you should be able to just click it and just allow multiple to be there. Yeah, you're sharing now. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I'm going to share. And then um, where do I go from here? Enable multiple persons to... Uh, oh, you've got Apple too. See, that's the other problem, right? Where, where... That's where I work with a lot of people that don't have Apple, so okay. No, I don't either. Uh, okay. I'm an Android man. Okay. So I'm I'm seeing what Zoom says to me on my screen. It's all good. We've had, we've, Look, we've had this. Oh wait, here it is. Uh, you got it. I think. No. 
Oh, participant screen sharing. That's okay. Basically, what it is, is the catastrophes in the time of man. And it was put together by Randall Carlson. And he actually, he factored in the cycles of the equinox as well. Now, from the, so basically, when he did it, the earliest known skeletal remains were 160,000 years, whereas that number, I believe, now is way out to 300,000 plus, I think. Um, so that shows how fast everything's coming along as well. However, so we got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 different various catastrophes that have happened in the last 160,000 years. Okay. And only five of those do not come on part of the cycle. So either the, the so if we take the, the cycle of the equinox, right? So he's done 64, 8, 6,480, which is a quarter way through the cycle, 12,960, which is halfway, 25,920, which is obviously the end, the, the beginning again. So only five of those catastrophes didn't happen at a, at a seminal point in the cycle, right? Which I think is a whole nother different, uh, I think I put here, how do we, how do we might maybe have to put it, the listeners are going to be frustrated, mate. We keep saying we'll put a pin in it. Uh, yeah. However, it's the problem is, man, is it's so deep, right? Well, uh, this could be an eight-hour show if we just decided not to put a pin in it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's just going to keep going, 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 going. However, yeah, so we've got 16 different catastrophes that have happened in the last 200,000 years, let's say, and 11 of those catastrophes happened at seminal points on the cycle of the equinox. Um, yeah. And if we're going to talk about humanity's timeline, it's realistically 72,000-odd years ago, and again, we're just taking the, the dates as the dates at the moment. We'll, we'll leave carbon dating and all that sort of stuff behind today. However... 72,000 years ago was the super eruption in Sumatra, which theoretically took the population of the human race on this planet down to sub 10,000. Um, so realistically, there's a there's a marker there too, right? So 72,000 to 12,900 is the best part of 59,000 years, a little bit over. So that's, there's there's one of your sections of time. Right, so what did they do from seventy-two thousand to fifty-nine? But then, if we take the kings list and everything else into account, what was going on prior to that? Right, right. Um, you know, the, the the timelines are so fascinating. And just uh, I'll I'll handball it back to you in a second. So, but Sumatra, right? So this is my little globe here. Sumatra is about here, right? Sumatra is about here. Okay. Guess what's exactly opposite? South America. Okay. Right? So if it, if a volcano erupts in Sumatra, the best place to be is South America. Now, literally almost every single or every time they get a they get a drone or a plane up there with the lidar working, they find more cities and pyramids and roads in South America. Oh yeah, it's littered with it. So what if they fled to South America from Sumatra 72,000 years ago? Or, you know what I mean? Or with the humanity went there because that's the – a good spot's a good spot and that was the best spot. And I've never heard that. That's fresh. I've never heard that theory. I've never, I've never, heard, never that heard that. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. You're pissing off the flat earthers with that ball right there. 
Oh, look. Well, I can come and get it. <laughs> <laughs> Here, let me share something with you. And yeah, I please, think man. this would be actually really interesting. Now, this is a timeline that I found by Matthew LaCroix. Uh, oh, yeah, I know. I know Matthew's work, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I'm not saying that I agree with everything on it. Let's see. We, we, we don't agree with everything at all. No, I don't agree with anything, everything anybody does. But let's look at, can you see that okay? Yeah, got it, mate. Yeah. Okay. So look, 200,000 years ago, he puts Eridu founded. And okay. And that is he, he might be using the king's list to do that. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's using mm -hmm. the king's mm -hmm. list. And mm -hmm. here he puts in between 200,000 years and 550,000 BCE, the Sumerian king's list, first dynasties of Sumer. So he puts it right here. And then at 50,000 BCE, he puts Atlantis founded. And so he's saying. That's a big, that's a, that's a pretty big statement to just chuck it in there. Right. It is. It is. And that is true. That is true. But I've wondered myself, and this maybe is um, just conjecture here, but are the pyramids and all these megalithic sites part of that golden era? Are they part of that Atlantean time period? You know, are they. Mm -hmm. Are they the remnants of this global civilization that was very advanced? And oh, without a, sh without a shadow of a doubt, yes. However, yeah. this sort of new line of research that I've started making other notes about, it's like what happened prior to 72,000 and what happened from 72 to 12,800. Because, yeah, because if you look at your little timeline there, that's very cool. But in between the 200 BC and the 50,000 BC, there should be a big red line because humanity got down to 10,000 people, right? So it's like, did they come back and then bring us to civilization again, right? Were they were they advanced prior to 72,000? You know, like... Yeah, I don't know. And that's mm -hmm. hard to say, but it, this, it, this little place he puts here from 200,000 to 10,000 BCE is what he calls the lost civilizations. Yeah, and here fair. you get um, the tablet of Atrahasis, which is the second flood story, actually. Um, okay. But, or no, yeah, it is. It is, yeah. Uh, where I saw that in the London Museum. And, and a little note on that, I just want to say, is like, these tablets are so small. I didn't realize how small they were until I went yeah, to the London big. Museum. They're no. not big. No, no, no. You know, you're like, wow, how do they do that? And I, they had these cylinder seals, as you know, where they would roll mm -hmm. it over the clay mm -hmm. and they were like the mm -hmm. template. And the laser printing on this is very advanced. This is coming from, you know, this isn't just some like stone age creation. The, 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 on these rock, these stone cylinder seals, they were able to put fine details in order to put yeah. on these clay. So it's almost like they're like, here, this, we're going to mass produce history with these cylinder seals and just keep putting them on clay, put, putting on clay and, and mm. uh, hope they survive all these cataclysms. And so same very, thing again, though, same thing again, though, Loomis, right? So I've, I've looked at those cylinder seals before as well. How, how did you get to the cylinder seal? And what right. kind of technology does it take to make the cylinder seal? And then how do you know the variations? Because not only are you building that seal, but you're rolling it out and it's printing it onto the tablet, right? Mm -hmm. You had to know how that's going to work. How do you know how that's going to work, right? Like 
It's like, oh, yeah, they just had cylinder seals. No, no, hang on a minute. Someone designed, built, and made those cylinder seals work. There's a period of testing. There's a period of variation. There's a period of all these things before you get to, hey, this is the cylinder seal, right? And that that's one of these things that I, I that annoys me. It's like everyone just writes off these different it's like, oh yeah, they just had cylinder seals and oh yeah, they just sailed around the world and oh yeah, they just did this, they just did that. No, no, no. They yes, they did. However, there's gotta be, you know, like a cylinder seal. Okay, so you're gonna you gotta understand circle, you gotta understand language, you gotta understand variation in language, you gotta understand um yeah. mirror images, you've got to understand like and you know, that just doesn't happen, but it seems that it did in various points along this timeline that we're looking at. All of a sudden, bang, we understand, yeah. right? Like we were told, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess the possible answer to that is it started out as sophisticated as Eridu, mm-hmm. if it was founded by the kings or by from heaven, as they say. So who knows what technology they had to teach people. Because like we talked about, civilization just came out of nowhere mm-hmm. rather than evolved into civilization. So, mm. But it happened yeah. in multiple spots as well. That was one of that part yeah. of this because I've sort of been researching for two shows simultaneously. It dawned on me that it didn't just happen, like you say, Indus Valley, Turkey, Mesopotamia, Asia Minor, Right. Uh, Sorry, not there. Well, that's Indus Valley, but Asia, Asia, like China, right? There's, you know, we don't know anything about China. No, we don't know anything about that. No. Right. I mean, they've got that that whole province that is just filled with step pyramids, right? There's a whole province in China that just pyramid after pyramid after pyramid after pyramid, and the Chinese don't even know, right? So, you know, the, the, the timeline problem. I think the timeline's wrong. I, 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 I like, and I don't mind uh, Matt's work. I've, 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 I've seen his stuff before. However, and I, and I generally agree with what he's saying here. But there's a couple of key catastrophes that he's not put in his little timeline. There, he's added the younger Dryas. However, as I say, there's the one at seventy, eighty thousand years. There's another one at um, eight thousand. 8,000, and, but no, there was a, the mega slide and tsunami that actually created Hawaii happened 120,000 years ago, supposedly, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, so the the initial thing that created the islands where you are in the middle of nowhere, that happened 120,000 years ago, which is sort of missing out of his little timeline there. You know, we've got to overlay this stuff, you know, but it's hard because so many you know, so many awesome researchers doing so many awesome things. Yeah. We could just mind if we could mind meld, that'd be cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. It would be nice. Yeah. But, I mean, most of this seems pretty accurate, I guess. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with it at all. But I don't disagree with it. This is something that, that um the solar outburst. Now that's something that um I've noticed mm. when I took my trip to Egypt. Um, although I wasn't knowing to pay attention to it before until I watched a little bit of Brian Forrester, but some of these statues have scorching marks and uh, things that have happened there that um, obviously were from some kind of solar outburst. So it wasn't only just a great deluge. 
it was a, it was some kind of uh, some kind of melting of something so hot that it melted stone, mm. you know. And so, 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 follow me here. Follow me here for a second, because as we are humans, there's two sides. Um, there's two sides to the catastrophe. One is the big rocks from the sky smashed into the ice shelf, caused the great flood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other one is it was a solar outburst that did the same thing. Okay, so I think Robert Shock is the solar guy and Randall Carlson is your rocks from the sky guy. Um, what if it's D or the above, Loomis? Okay, so if yeah. you, you know, let's think about this for a second, right? So we, if we are to believe, and we'll just, if we are to believe, and we'll just do that for now, that we do have a molten core of iron that is spinning, which is creating our magnetic field, which is protecting us from the solar UV rays, okay? You've got... Uh, where are we? Where is a America there? You've got, you know, so multiple bombardments, bang, bang, bang in here, right? So they say it was seven or eight. The initial cataclysm was seven or eight. And, you know, you've got some craters being found in Greenland, which we're waiting on, dating on. Uh, so imagine that the whole northern hemisphere is peppered with massive stones, okay? Mm-hmm. Think about the vibration that that causes through the core, right, which would then, if there is a big molten liquid ball spinning at the middle of us, creating our magnetic field, what would that vibration then do to the magnetic field? It would disrupt the magnetic field, which would allow solar outbursts or solar flares or even just the sun in general to have a lot more effect on the planet until the magnetosphere righted itself. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what if it's D or the above? Okay. What if at the same time the rocks hit the planet, which caused the great flood, which upset the magnetosphere, which caused volcanoes, which allowed a solar flare to get through and it's D or the above. That was the thought, you know, because I because I, I don't subscribe to any idea. Um, mm-hmm. I wondered that. I mean, what do you reckon about that? Yeah, I no, I think it's the all the above. And now, what if we inserted, like we had, we talked about the moon. We talked about cultures before the moon. What if we inserted the Earth straight up and down on its axis, like we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. and then the moon comes in, and that causes D, all of the above, right in that section there where the great deluge yeah. and that destroys these lost civilizations. And we have everybody dispersed. Um, the flood story, Anki warning everybody all over, the mm-hmm. ones that survived and restarted civilization in these very spots mm-hmm. Sumer, Indus Valley. South America, China, maybe Turkey. somewhere else. Yeah. Turkey. Yeah. 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 Maybe yeah. Australia as well. You maybe know. Australia yeah. too. Yeah. We yeah. don't know. Like there's so much, mm. it's not even reported on that. Possibly. No, um, even- no look, there's, uh, mate, if it, you know, it's, it's one of those things, Lemus. We, we, this is both of our passion projects. However, you know, I know I do want to get to Egypt and I want to get to these major sites. However, there's, there's like a whole heap of stuff seems to be in northern New South Wales um, 
but the thing is it'd take days like you'd have to take a month you'd have to have a month you'd have to have all the gear like probably you know buggies and bikes and you know like you'd have to have all the gear ropes to get into some of these places into some of these valleys where there's walls man there's walls in the bases of these valleys there's looks like drainage channels like south american drainage channels in these valleys and stuff wow. like that i mean how old is that stuff right right and it's not even just not even spoken about man like i i've got maybe uh i've seen probably 10 photos of some of this stuff um and alex that i was talking to last night he knows there's some stuff down there as well you know it's like you, you'd have to you know australia is so big man like um yeah well you're gonna find out mate you're gonna come and visit us maybe right yeah uh, well and I, i've been before and i've only seen little mm. bits like i just there's mm. not enough like when i when people say yeah you've been to australia I'm like yeah just little dots on the map i mean it's as big as america mm. bigger mm. possibly mm. i don't mm. sure yeah mm. huge um that would be fun in fact but it would have to be yeah, over. Man, just have imagine the resources, though. I just want the resources to go. Hey, Loomis, come to Australia, man. We're going to disappear into the bush for a week, uh, for a month. Okay. We need to start everything, a fund fund us program here. Yeah, every, everything everything's paid for. Yeah, the kids are sorted. Everything's sorted. Everything's paid for, yeah. man. We just got to disappear into the bush for a month. We'll, we'll be back. Yeah. Well, you guys got <laughs> snakes. I got to work. Get used to that one. Ah, <laughs> oh, look. I actually. The, yeah. I had an interesting comment. This is a bit of a segue, but because we've got international listeners, for those. Absolutely. Australia, Australia. I had, I had a discussion with an Irish guy the other day, right? Cause I'm a teacher by day. So, um, this Irish guy was doing his qualification. I was helping him through and he's only just arrived in Australia. And he's like, you know, does everything want to kill you down here? I'm like, yeah, look, it does. Okay. However, it's everyone's like, oh, Australia is so scared. Don't poke the scary animals, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, just don't, don't. Yeah. You know, don't poke the spiders, okay? Right. And the thing is, like, everyone, I know the Americans freak out about our huntsmen, and they are, they're massive, right? We got huntsmen, yeah. Yeah, but they're house spiders, man. They're house spiders. You want a huntsman in your house. It's not going to bite you. It's going to get rid of all the bugs. It's mm. going to, it's actually part of the ecosystem of your house. Um, look, a huntsman will, it'll, it'll have a go at you if you annoy it. And yeah, do they get to the size of my hand? Yeah, they do, right? Uh, but again, don't poke the giant spider. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and Australia, in Australia as well, mate, you know, when we do go bush, when I get you down here and we got the resources to go bush for a month, um, when we, anything in Australia, if it looks tasty in the bush, don't eat it, man. It's going to kill you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yeah. a shiny red berry. Let's eat. Don't eat. Don't, no. don't do that. Well, no. <laughs> yeah. But well, no, I think for me, we just don't have any and, snakes, so I'm not used to even like thinking about them. But yeah, I'm sure oh, look, they, they do their thing. You know, the thing about snakes, man. Right. So I did a um, as part. Of, I used to work mining oil and gas, right, remote areas all over Australia, Australasia for many years, and so I did snake handling training, right. Hmm. And we were in Western Australia. And we did snake handling training and we had a brown snake, we had a taipan, we had like, we had like eight different variations of snakes, right? And these snakes were pretty, they were like, we didn't handle the very venomous ones, but he had examples to show us on what they looked like. Um, and we'd handled these snakes for two or three hours, you know, picked them up, put them in bags, did this, did that. 
And I said to him at the end, I'm like, man, that, geez, those snakes were good. How long have you had those? He goes, no, no, no. I found them within 200 meters of your camp this morning. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Same thing again. Don't poke the snake, man. Right? Just no. you know, and wear boots. Wear big, yeah. big boots, leather boots. Yeah, yeah. You'll be I'll fine. Have to remember you'll be, that. You'll be fine, mate. Don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah, I'm not too worried. Anyway, anyway, back to yeah. You've been around the world. You've been around yeah. the world. You know what you're doing. Know. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. Back to timelines, mate. Um, is the timeline? So let's expand. We just did, you know, two hundred thousand to now. The timeline's really sixty-five million to now. Mm, of Earth, yeah. Of of Earth, well, no, of mammals, right? Because that's oh, the yeah. story. The story is that we come oh, from yeah, a little yeah. rat, chicken thing, true, mm-hmm. right? That survived the dinosaur cataclysm, and it's so the timeline, the mammalian timeline, is really sixty-five million to now, right? So how do you, where do you fit that into the scheme of things? Because it's like. And then, you know, and this is the conversation we had last night, the dinosaurs had 270 million years to develop. So you're telling me there was no advanced conscious race of them? Right? That's another question. Mm. Well, maybe we don't do reptilians tonight. Maybe we leave that alone. But, I mean, the, the, the timeline is really 65 million to now, okay? Mm-hmm. And if we are to believe the footprints that are being found in Turkey in the Mediterranean, I think the latest one was 5 million years old, um, with Lucy being the first hominid, which she's at 3.2, um, but they keep finding footprints that are 4 or 5 million years old. How do they know that is a good question. However, what is the true timeline, Lucas? Right? What is well, it, you know? I mean, that kind of goes into human origins. If you want to get there, um, we can go there. It's a, it's a, I don't know if we want to finish up. It's sort of both, really. Um, yeah, but, I, like, mean, well, I mean, did you have any more on the timeline stuff? Or you did, I, was I just mean, that well, of... there, there's just more evidence of like, you know, like I could just quickly go over like heat, the heat on sites like um, this place in India, in the Indus Valley, Mohenjo-Daro, you know, mm-hmm. there's a burn, like they, they must have endured some kind of like almost like an instant heat attack or, or like a nuke. Some people even think some kind of a nuclear. I was going to say it's the, the glass they find in the Indus Valley. There's, 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 there's multiple places on the planet where they find what you would call, well, the only way we know what it is, is we call it Trinitite. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the reason we call it Trinitite is that was the glass that was created by the atomic bombs in the 40s, okay? Mm. When we let off an atomic bomb, the the desert turned into this glass. We call that glass Trinitite. That's right. And since finding that, you know, creating that glass, in the Indus Valley, there's a type of Trinitite. Um, And there's also a field of that glass. It's yellow glass in Africa somewhere as well which is very similar to Trinitite. There is multiple spots on the planet where either, as you say, a a solar flare got through the magnetosphere or they had energy weapons, right? They And you you talk about the Indus Valley, uh, you know, you talk about the uh, Vimana Shastra, okay? Uh, And I've we read a fair bit of that Vimana Shastra uh, through Max Egan's book 
And it's a flight manual, dude, <laughs> right? It's a pilot's manual. Honestly, that's what it is. Someone found a copy of a pilot's manual. That's what it is, right? It talks about rockets. It talks about fuel. And oh, it wow. is the research that you would read when you're becoming a pilot, yeah. right? That's someone found the pilot's book, right? Um, you know, so, I mean, how many times have we gone up and down, man? You know, if it, if the timeline is really not 200,000 to now, it's not, it's six, 65 million to now. How many variations of civilization have come and gone in that time frame? Right. And we don't really know. We don't know. No. I mean, if we're, well, we'll get, when we get into human origins, I'll, I'll go over something that might give us a marker here. But um, when I went to Egypt, just to talk about Egypt for a second, I went to Saqqara yeah, where the Step Pyramid is. And the Step Pyramid is considered to be the oldest pyramid in academia. But mm-hmm. as we look at the bricks on it, they're not big. They're small bricks. Um, and what was really there was this is this was an attempt of probably the dynastic Egyptians after they'd already found the Giza site yeah, to copy to, to copy it. And so mm. what was really there before the step pyramid was underneath it is a huge shaft and it goes way mm. down. And I, I have mm. video of that and everything. And um so oh, do you uh, really yeah. In fact, well I'd have to get it out. But um I'm putting together. You have to show me some of that stuff. Yeah, I want to yeah. See I'm, I'm putting together like a documentary. I want to, but who knows how long it's going to take me. But uh, so it's perfectly square shaped shaft. The walls are perfectly flat. The technology to build that shaft and some of these other shafts is is the real megalithic work here, and also the huge coffins of the Serapium that are are close by. Goes into mm-hmm. the whole giant thing again. I mean, these massive. Well, I mean, how did you, I mean, how did you get this? How did they get them in there? In the yeah, how did they get them in there? And that was just proof to me. Even though I already already seen this on TV and whatever, and ancient aliens probably or something. But like when I actually went in there, it really hit me. What was done after the, and what was found before, and mm-hmm. those shafts and those tombs were there before, and then they added on, and you could see where people made. I would say shitty pyramids where they, they tried to make a good pyramid and it's all disintegrated and there's still small blocks in there. It's like, Oh yeah, you didn't do so well on those guys, but the original ones, you know, were so much more superior. So, so we're looking at like, you know, and these are pretty old and they can't date these, but then we're looking at, you know, Giza pyramids as so much older. They deeper, the the deeper they dig, the better it gets Loomis. Mm -hmm. And that's not just in Egypt. That's in South America. Obviously, all the stuff that's being found in Turkey again. Yep. Go um, back to Well, Karan Tepe, and there's the other one. I can't remember now. Right. There's more notes somewhere. However, there's a few more tepes that have been found. Um, and these aren't just one circle that are being found, Loomis. There's hundreds, Matt. There's hundreds and hundreds of these things that are being found. And they're all perfectly carved T-shaped pillars by the looks of them, you know. And the deeper we dig the better it gets. Yeah. Whereas if we are to believe the evolutionary timeline, it should be the other way around. Right. And it's not. It's not, right? Like, you know, X amount of thousands of years ago, we could take a 1,200-ton bit of stone and put it on top of a hill. We can't do that now, right? Um, they built the pyramids somehow. You know, could we build the pyramids today? Maybe, but how long would it take? 
and you know, how would you put the lintels in place? How would you do this? How would you do that? The the, the timeline stuff is is fascinating um, because I think it's way out. I think it's way off. I think it's way out. I think the um, hubris of the modern man has decided they know when they don't. And that's part of the cover-up too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a side to the cover up that's just um, arrogance. I think you know what I mean. Like, at yeah, on the, the best and, at the bottom yeah. level, yeah, because they don't, mm. would never question the state. Um, mm. But you get into Zeptepi and when the gods walk the earth, and you add that up, mm. I don't know mm. exactly where that comes to, but that's a very long time ago. And if mm. you take Robert Bouval's theory about the uh, Orion stars lined up with the pyramids of Giza. Now that's mm-hmm. been taken back not ten thousand years. That's been taken back thirty six thousand years for a more perfect yeah. alignment with Orion, the Great Pyramid, and the Sphinx and Leo. So I was going to say, yeah, Leo and the Sphinx goes back there as well, and yeah. that also that's also on the equinox cycle as well, right? So it's like they, they had to wind the clock back, yeah. and it is actually it sits on a uh, one of these times of the equinox as well, mate. So you know, there's all these things line up, these monuments that they make. Uh, or have made or did make, are they, you talk about timeline, are they honouring the cycle? It seems to be they are. Like all these astronomical sites, they're all monitoring the equinox. You know, when you talk about time, one degree of the equinox is 72 years, which is the average human lifespan, right? Yeah. Why does that, that seems a little bit coincidental as well, you know, Um, that 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 it takes one human to observe one degree. Of change, mm, that's you interesting. Know, be, because there's some deep, could be something deep there, you know. But uh, you know the 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 timelines. Until we can date stone, and until we can actually, you know, I mean, my carbon my issue with carbon dating is what carbon are you dating, and where's the sample from, and what did that sample go through? Um, until we have more accurate dates, or until that. Yeah, until the US releases the aliens and the UFOs, man, uh, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know. We have no yeah. idea. And so it no goes idea. back so far. I mean, you got that one pyramid. I think it's called Gadung Penang. I'm probably saying it wrong, right? It's in Gadung Penang in Indonesia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The heart of the pyramid, I think it's the deepest layer. They They think... It's hailing back as far as twenty five thousand BC. Yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. more than twenty five thousand BC. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's and they've, and they've back actually used before Gobekli Tepe. Supposedly, well, I mean, that's yeah. that's the ancient apocalypse where they've done the ground penetrating radar there, and there's step shafts down inside there. That, yeah, you know, I mean, and that that's sort of this this that's the cover up side of thing. We might come back to that. Yeah. So so human origins. Yeah. So, how much time do you Even think you have? Because this is going to be, this is a loaded. <laughs> Look, man, uh, we just keep going. Don't okay. Worry. Well, okay. No, I might even break this into two parts when I release yeah. it. Who knows? Yeah, um, yeah, don't well, don't worry about me, mate. Don't worry about yeah. me. I'll okay. okay. All right. So, I don't know if you've heard this, but um, I maybe you have that mitochondrial DNA goes back two hundred thousand years. I don't know if you've heard the story of how they took mitochondrial DNA from women all over the world. And this is in mm-hmm. the seventies. Okay. So they, mm-hmm. they, they thought they could go 
they thought finally the evolutionists would have the answer to, you know, they're thinking 8 million, that we're going back 8 million years. And they, but they, what it is, is the mitochondrial DNA, um, it doesn't mix with, it goes back to the original female. It's, it's only, and it's only in the female egg, not the sperm. And females pass it down unbroken and unmixed. So, uh, they tested women all over the world and it wouldn't go back any further than 200 to 250,000 years. And really? so they did this again and they did it again. Cause they're like, Oh no, that can't be right. Cause the evolution, the Darwinists were just like, Oh, that's totally off, you know, and, and they wouldn't accept it. And they did it again and again, uh, in the eighties. And, so, because they, they wanted to pin, pin it to our most common ancestor eight to five million yeah. years ago, right? And the results came back the same and the scientists got mad and they left it alone. So there yeah, might I be- I love a, that. I love that. It's like, <laughs> we got the same result 20 times. Well, it's still got to be wrong. <laughs> yeah. They, that's how stubborn they are. So that might be a time marker and that might be the very beginning if we're to believe yeah. Eridu is the first mm. civilization on earth and kingship came down from heaven so mm. you know or around there when they or is, that, is, is that and is that so that's you talk about mitochondrial dna so is that modern homo sapiens sapiens is that what you're saying correct yeah what we know us today so there probably was as you read the sumerian text there was many different versions that they got wrong before. And so we could say, well, maybe that goes back a lot longer too. But mm. us, as we know now, 200 to 250,000 years ago. Mm. And so, I mean, yeah. it goes back to South Africa as the DNA. So they talked about the Absu, which is supposed to be Africa where they mined. And mm. you got Michael mm. Tellinger finding places like Adam's calendar and yep. these mine shafts. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That the coal mines it. and stuff yeah. dating back that far, the gold uh -huh. mines and the coal mines in Africa. Right. But then again, didn't they just find, and I probably should have brought it up for this show, but I didn't, apologies. I'm pretty sure they just found a skeleton in Europe somewhere that predates any of the skeletons found in Africa. I think they found a skeleton in Europe somewhere that was plus 350,000. Mm. Was it yeah. actual Homo sapiens sapien though? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That was mm. the thing. It, it throws the out of Africa theory in the, in the, in the bin basically. But mm. then there's another, there's another version of it. That's an out, an out of Australia theory, which doesn't have, it has a little bit of legs as well, considering this theoretically is the oldest continuous civilization on the planet, basically. Um, and that there's evidence of the indigenous in South America and Egypt and, you know, like there's, so where did we come from is interesting, right? So, I mean, I, um, I just subscribe. Bruce Fenton, uh, has a theory and he says 780,000 years ago is when the Palladians came and basically modified us, right? Oh, okay. Um, because that is the story is the story is the story, Lumis, right? The seven sisters of the Pleiades got chased by the three brothers of Orion across the stars to Earth mm -hmm. uh, where they had, a, they had a fight. And, you know, if you want to put, play it like that, the the Orions, the pyramid culture the, and the rest of the Palladians, which is why you see two distinct differences in indigenous cultures across the planet. Um, and, yeah, there's not insignificant evidence that that happened 780,000 years ago. 
Actually, wow. there's a good YouTube documentary, 780,000. Jot that down. It's a good one. Yeah, I will. There's one you yeah. should uh, check out too. Um, have you ever worked, looked into the work of Lloyd Pye? No, Lloyd Pye. Everything, okay. you know, everything you know is wrong. That's a, that one woke me up years ago to human origins, and I really have taken a lot of his work and ran with it because okay. there's a lot of things that jive well with me on that too. Mm. The thing about human origins is like, okay, you get the theory of evolution and then you get basically the Adam and Eve story. Those are basically the two dominant ones in mm. our life. And both mm. are built off of mediocre explanations when you really pick them apart. I mean, both sides have oh, truth. Darwin, yeah. But both sides believe ridiculous things too. And that's the thing that I've always had a problem with is like you're – you know, you got the Genesis is taking a possible one to 200,000 year time period or even longer time period and boiling it down into a few generations of events and very, very, uh, you know, like simplific simplifying it. And, and, and then I believe in the evolution of species. Like, I mean, I, I see this in Hawaii, what, what some people call adaptive radiation, micro evolution, where like a bird eventually figures out how to grow a longer beak to adapt to a flower to get the the nectar. But we we don't share any of the same bone, bones as primates. And there's no humans, hum, there's no way humans have had enough time to evolve in the Darwin way. Mm. It's too fast. Yeah, we were upgraded. We were upgraded for sure. Yeah. It, I was talking to, and as I say, this is some of the stuff I was talking about last night. Because then, but then what they do with the evolution of primates is they point to the fact that we've watched primates evolve since we've observed them. Yeah. What if the primates have, have uh, evolved because they're observing us observing them, right? So if you're in the middle of the jungle, you're using cameras and tripods and booms and this, that, and the other, and then the monkeys suddenly start using sticks, did they evolve or did they just observe, right? And then mirrored the action. Okay. But you are right. There is the there is the animal evolution, but there's also the morphic resonance thing where um yeah, the the, the, the there's the monkey cleaning the coconut, right? And I think that happened in the Galapagos, where on one island they the monkeys never used to clean the coconuts and they were eating a lot of sand and it wasn't good for them. And then one monkey waded into the ocean and cleaned the coconut, right? Mm -hmm. Uh and then they ate coconuts a whole heap differently from that moment forward. Now, within a certain period of time, I can't remember exactly, monkeys on the other island started cleaning the coconuts. Now, no, neither of those monkeys talk to each other as far as we know. Uh, so there's a morphic resonance too where mm -hmm, it's like mm -hmm. we figure something out and then it, 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 it you know, vibrates through the, through the consciousness. Yeah, that's a that's a whole that's a whole other subject too, really, and that and that could be part of things too, uh, but the way that humans were upgraded or downgraded, both. I think I think up then down maybe yeah yeah up then down yeah, I mean because so my my thing is I've I've looked into there's no transitional fossils in in the fossil record you know there's never mm. been a fossil discovered where uh, also the arm bones are close to humans the, mm. the on the on the on the the primates so uh the it's the the shoulder to elbow is always too long and i think the rib cage is different so a lot of mm. that is just like you know it's still the theory of evolution so it wasn't perfect and that's why 
when we were talking about earlier, the human genome has over 4,000 defects and we don't, we don't fit in anywhere on this planet either. No, so, no we don't. so that's no. another thing. So we have all these de defects. We have, you know, I mean, take diabetes, um, bad back, bad mm -hmm. knees, you know, mm -hmm. that's not fit to be king of the it's jungle. It's not fit for purpose. No, we're not no. fit for purpose. This is the thing. And you, th if there was a, you think if there was a planet covered in three quarters of water, we'd be able to swim better, you know? Right, like, right. That's another good one, yeah. 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 Like that, that, that's that's the one that gets me. It's like, well, but most of it's water. You'd think mm -hmm. if we were the the dominant species that evolved on this planet to be this this species of this planet, then we'd have webbed hands. You know what I mean? Or we'd have something that would allow us to be in water um, a lot better. Basically, yeah. I think so. Right. And we'd be able to see in the dark. Yeah, we'd be and, able to uh, see in the dark. Yeah. And we wouldn't be squinting when we're the only creature on Earth that squints when the sun comes out. Like, mm -hmm. you know, they, everybody, everything else is all adapted. So, and, and so we've been definitely downgraded. And of course we talked about how like 10% of our brains are functioning and 3% mm -hmm. of our DNA, they call that junk DNA. Um, I think it was, I don't um, think it's junk DNA at no, all. I think not. it's the missing links, man. It's, 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 yeah, it's not activated because if we activated it, you know? Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Um, Billy Carson, you know that guy? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. He talks about, and this isn't like him making it up. It's true. If you look at DNA, there are what he calls telomere, telomere caps telomeres, yeah, of, yeah, yeah. of some yeah. DNA strands. And um, mm -hmm. we've been capped off. And so that's why we use just 3% of our DNA. And mm. um, the other thing so, about DNA too is that when you get down into your mitochondria and, and the DNA string, mm -hmm. uh, two thoughts. Number one, the intertwining serpent is the DNA strand, right? Yeah. And, ha and has been the symbol for medical for as long as anyone knows. That's another one of those ones. Who invented the medical symbol? Oh, someone did. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but it's it, – and it's the intertwining snake, which if you think is the DNA strand, right. number one. Double helix. Um, and how did they know – yeah, the double helix. That's what I was looking for. And how did they know that, Right. But number two, it, was, uh, it wasn't that, was not that long ago they found that DNA holds storage, right? You can put terabytes of data on a DNA strand. So, therefore, we don't use majority of our DNA, but at the same time, there is what is stored within that DNA, right? It's And if we could access that storage, you know, like that's the – that was the, that's trippy, right? It's, and how did they know what the double helix was? Considering we didn't find the double helix till when? I don't think it, it's, it was the 1900 somewhere. Right. Yeah. Well, there, I think they had a lot of knowledge of that. And if you think that they called Enki and Ninherzog and geneticists, so they, yeah. they knew how to get into the genes and, there are talks about, you know, I, I think it's Enlil and Anki are talking about, uh, you know, humans, you don't want to make them too smart or too strong, you know, because you don't want to make your your slaves smarter than you or as yeah. smart as you or strong as, as, smart you. as you. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And so we might have been a lot bigger and we've been able to live a lot older because mm. as they say, after the flood, lifespans really went down. And you can see that in the Bible. I mean, yeah. Noah lived to like 900 years old or something. And then suddenly 
we're living a lot less. And I love, I love how that they can accept that Noah lived to 900, but they don't accept the Sumerian kings list. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Selective. Yeah. selective. It is. It's very selective. That That's you know. it. You know, and that, that kind of pisses me off when I'm talking to people that are close-minded about it, that kind of stuff. And the fact that they couldn't accept it, um, you know, that it doesn't mean there isn't a God in this whole picture, too. I think I think some people that um, hear about Sumerian tablets and, you know, uh, messing with humans, it's like, no, humans were here in some form, whether it was primates or indigenous people that were just different than now or even Bigfoot, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but whatever well, it was the, the other thing you want to talk about human origins where do the paracas skulls fit in all that man you know yeah. like yeah like every time everyone has an origin discussion they leave out the paracas there is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these skulls and they are not us no right they are not us they the the skull is bigger the eye sockets are bigger uh like they are not us no right? they don't have the sagittal suture mark on the top no, yeah no so they are not us. Right. So if you're going to have an origin story, you have to bring the Paracas skulls into it. But the problem with the Paracas skulls is, yeah, they've been tested and they're not of human DNA. There is some human DNA in the Paracas skulls. And that's sort of the end of the story with that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, yeah, Yowies, Bigfoot, uh, you know, different hominid species, Neanderthal, um, uh, Floriensis, the, the Hobbit Man. Um, you know, and I mean, you, you can get start. You can start sort of delving into myth and legend here, Loomis. You know, elves and dwarves and mm-hmm. man and creatures. You know, right? Why is that a story that echoes that echoes that echoes? You know, uh, what truth is there that was there was there a time on this planet, Loomis, where multiple species existed together? I think so. I, do. I think so too. Yeah, yeah I do because. There is some some semblance around the world you can put together that the gods stopped walking the earth around a thousand BC, uh, where basically they say God stopped talking to man, which wasn't real mm. God, but these and and then you think about giants, Paracas skulls, and and you even have an echo of that in the J.R.R. Tolkien, uh, where uh, the Lord of the Rings, where they basically all these other beings get on a ship and sail away and then regular, they go to like middle earth or whatever it is, yeah. or, or yeah, they end they middle leave. earth. Yeah. And they They're leave in middle earth and they leave. Yeah. Yeah. They leave. So they leave it to that, that it is now the time of man. Yeah. Is, is, that's the story. So, right? so that's where we're at is we're in the time of man, like a quarantined off part of history where they mm. wanted to see what we do without them. Or at least, well, I think there's that. There's that as well, right? So there's the whole science experiment. But let's pretend just for a second that you know there is there is a a governing species or whatever you want to say. That means they have their own neighbourhood to deal with, right? So who knows what's going on in their neighbourhood? Maybe they couldn't travel here anymore. Maybe something happened there. Um, You know, we start talking about interdimensional stuff. I mean, you know, as as I've sort of done back-to-back shows. However, as we record this, the 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 videos are coming out of the full meeting in Congress that happened in the US in the last 24 hours where they basically told the world we're not alone. Yeah. And that the US has 
recovered craft and biological beings from non-terrestrial things. So portion, yeah. You gotta have that in the human origin timeline as well, because what is the other thing that echoes that echoes that echoes is these these sightings, you know, and we discussed uh-huh. some of that stuff in an earlier episode, didn't we, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, we might even be able to go not that far back if we went to the Italian Renaissance period and you see all these Italian Renaissance paintings with UFOs in the background. I mean, it's like they were out in the open in those days or something. Um, and of course this kind of goes away from human origins, but just saying like these things may have been with us or in the background of our lives forever. And then forever. Yeah. Yeah. We're just now re finding that out, um, as a collective human species. Well, what I find interesting Loomis is that it seems to be, and you look at like the, the technology, say LIDAR is an interesting one, right? Mm -hmm. There seems to be a correlation between the greater understanding that we allow ourselves to have objectively, like open understanding, and then the advancement of technology, it almost seems like as the technology advances, the the puzzle unlocks, right? And the puzzle could not be unlocked unless we reach that level of technology or that mm-hmm. level of understanding. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? They sort of go hand in hand. Um it's you know, it's like if you look at the Great Pyramid and all the things that are encoded in the Great Pyramid supposedly is a good is a good thing. Um, that, that's got to be in the human origin story because someone did that. Someone put, all right, we're going to build this big giant triangle. We're going to put a whole heap of measurements and bits and pieces in there and you're not going to figure it out until you can get to the point where you can figure it out. Mm, yeah. But it's always there. You know? Well, look, look at When you're easy. ready. It's easier for us to access all this information now, but when I first started, like, getting into a lot of this info, like, way, you know, early 2000s, late 90s, um, you had to yeah, read you just a book. Yeah. You, you'd have yeah. to read like Graham Hancock's book or you'd have mm-hmm. to read, you know, little bits here and there. But now mm-hmm. there's a place for it all. Now, look, like we can, mm-hmm. anybody can go and dig all this up where mm-hmm. this is recent. And and even the internet wasn't that great no, with all that stuff not. until maybe no, no, like no, no, 2010 no. or so or 28. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really, it was either like, it was, it's, the, it's the, the invent of the doom scroller that basically accelerated it, didn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah, and YouTube, mm, mm. even though it's evil. Yeah, but look, the human origins thing, there's so many holes in that story. As you say, Darwin's built on a better sand. Um, the Genesis stuff is built on a better sand. You know, I think, and you said something before that I wanted to touch on before we move on to our last topic, because I will have to wrap it up in the next sort of 15, 20 or so, mate. Okay, um, okay. yeah. Um. However, I think that, you know, there's the people that are, there's the God, the creator, right? Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people assume that guys like us don't think that we think there's a creator. I actually think there is, man. I think there is some sort of, there, there is an architect to our existence, right? There is a source energy. There is something that makes me, me and you, you that comes from somewhere else, right? Absolutely. Um, it's just that we don't subscribe to the, you know, Abrahamic interpretation, right? I think yeah. is is what it is. I because there does seem to be some sort of creator or architect that has has had its hand in the human story. Uh, in in what form that is, it's difficult to to fathom. Yeah, um, 
you know, because we really we sort of only brushed upon the human or the human origin stuff because there's so yeah. much, but so little at the same time. Like I think even half of the hominid, the hominid species that they say that they've found, it's like a pinky finger or a jawbone or it's, it's nothing. Right. Yeah. And then, and then they've manifested in a whole nother uh, species line out of that bone where it's like, well, you haven't found a whole skeleton. You, you, you can't make that claim. Right. You've exactly. found, you found this, you found that, you found this, you don't know. Right. I think, you know, the more we know, the less we know, Loomis, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, they've really, they've really just ran with this theory and made it, you know, official in schools and everything, but it's really just the new cover up. They used to use religion as the way to control everybody. Now they use science, the way to control everybody in the school system and stuff. So, but mm. none of them add up. Um, none of this fully adds up. And until you conclude our oldest writings on earth, and then you put together a lot more, mm. it makes a whole lot more sense. It's the third road. And most people mm. don't take the third road because they're either about religion or they're about and Darwinists or they're just, they don't know. A lot of people don't even subscribe to either that much. Mm. They just kind of sit in the middle and they go, yeah, I don't know. Well, I think that one of my favorite quotes is by Carl Jung. And he said, the fact that science and spirituality, the, I've been up early, man. The fact that science yeah, yeah. and spirituality are deemed separate does a disservice to them both. I don't think they are, man. Yeah. I don't think they are separate, right? Quantum mechanics is basically proving that magic exists, dude. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's that this is this is what quantum mechanics is doing in quantum thinking, right? Uh we're we're basically proving magic, you know. Uh and there is a, there's definitely the hand of an architect, I suppose you could say, uh, that seems to echo throughout multiple versions of civilization going back. Who knows how long, Loomis? This is the problem, right? I, 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 plus 200, plus a million, plus who knows, man, right? It, it, the deeper we dig, the older stuff we find. Yeah. Right. You know, it's like the classic, um, in America, what's the, the the Clovis thing, right? Oh, the uh, so original peoples, the, yeah. Yeah, the original people. But you know what they've done recently, don't you? So someone went to the Clovis side and went, oh, what if we just dig a bit deeper? They found more stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So and then you got the mounds, the, the mounds mm-hmm. here, which I don't mm-hmm. even know if we're any of the Clovis people, the earlier mm-hmm. culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and mate. Absolutely. It's a big cover up. It's all a big cover up. And that's what we that's need. The, that's, that's where we're going to finish, mate. Yeah, that's where we're going to finish. We have basically, we're dealing with a club and you ain't in it. Basically, if you go against it, you're mm-hmm. railed against by academics mm-hmm. and religion, which is most of the mm-hmm. world. So it's, mm-hmm. it's so big, people don't have room in their worldview for something else. This third road we're talking about, if you want to say. You- do you think, Loomis, because I've been wondering that, because it seems to be this modern time, this time that we're in is expanding people's minds, right? There's more and more and more people that are willing to take the third road because mm-hmm. – but is that objective thinking? Is that – are we using the the knowledge – there's, there's some of us that, you know, I didn't like school, man. I thought school was so boring. Right, it, it was a waste of my time. Right, however, you know, I, as far as the scale goes, I am highly intelligent. 
but I just thought school was a waste of time, right? And it mm-hmm. really was, to be perfectly honest. However, so now guys like you, guys like me, guys like Alex I spoke to last night, you know, uh, the Patriot, you know what I mean? There's all these guys all around the globe that we're connecting with that are highly intelligent uh, and have the ability to objectively not only sift through information, but see the dot points within that information and and bring them together in an objective way, right? Where we don't subscribe to anything. We don't, I mean, in, you know, just just for the record, so we say it again, don't listen to us. We don't know what we're talking about. Right? <laughs> okay. We you don't know. fully. We're taking educated stabs. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We don't really know what we're talking about either. However, do you think that's an evolution? Do you think we just said about morphic, morphic resonance? Do you think maybe that's uh, we're using the technology and then applying our intelligence or our capacity to objectively uh, sift through the data? You know, I, I, I have thought about that. When we talk about origin and evolution, mm. you know. I think it is. It is to a point. Um, I think we have to watch the alternative media we're talking about, you know, which includes us and people that we do like, but there are also people that just kind of run with it too. And maybe go, uh, they don't have nuanced enough thinking. And so it's dangerous. It's a dangerous road. If we don't watch our objective thinking, I think a little bit, you've um, got to remain critical thinking. Yeah. You've got to you remain do. thinking critically at all time. You can never, ever, any time that I find myself tying myself to any idea I step back from it. Honestly, I do. I step away. I'm like, hang on a minute. I'm becoming, uh, you know, the old tribal thing is is coming into play here. Mm -hmm. So I need to take a step back and observe what I'm doing. You know, Mm -hmm. because it's it's one of those things. But there 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 seems to be a giant cover up, right? Because as you said, we're five episodes in. You're three hundred in. I'm two hundred in. Right. Um, we know other guys that are hundreds of episodes in themselves. So collectively, there's countless thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of alternative researchers presenting this evidence mm-hmm. in different forms, in different ways. Right. Again, some more nuanced than others, as we, as we just discussed. However, um, it's undeniable that an advanced civilization existed prior to the cataclysm. It's undeniable that we don't understand. Right, so many of these things objectively are undeniable, yet you can't study it at university, even though the books that are in the bloody library at the university would support what we're saying. True. Like, yeah. You know, they. It's there's there's a there's a faction of elites that don't want this history known. I mean, look at Eridu; it just sits there, un. Mm-hmm. Un, uh, Un, unexplored, unexplored, untouched. I mean, yep. I want to yep. go there, and but you know, I mean, I'm not an archaeologist, but I, still, I want to go there just to see for myself. I mean, why aren't people? But archaeology, like- archaeology, Loomis is less than a hundred years old, man. I, I challenge whether anyone's really an archaeologist. It's an idea. Yeah, it's not a and they're just following suit. You know, I mean, yeah. some of their their procedures are good. You know, digging up slowly and not making sure anything mm. breaks. But the, you know, they, that's that's about it. To be honest, but every um, every explorer has done that, though, man. You're you know right, what I mean? Right. It's not. That's, they didn't it's have not, to get a degree. No, right. Tread carefully when you're exploring. Right. I think yeah. that's you know one of our mantras when we're in the Aussie bush is that we are gentle explorers man when we we're not trying to take anything away we're not trying to do anything we're just trying yeah. to find you know um 
But I mean, here in Australia, it, it seems like a systematic destruction of anything that was left, right, by by the British, right? Yeah. Um, and then you talk about that the original British, some of them were um, high-level Masons and they knew the, the language of the symbols and they knew the language of the, of the hands and the Indigenous knew the language of the symbols in the hands. And there's all these weird stories about them communicating with the Indigenous using the ancient language um, and they were looking for something, mate. Um, and yeah. then they destroyed everything. Right. And they went worldwide. You know, I mean, you look at that. That's a, that's a big absolutely. You know, you know Captain yeah. Cook. Um, yeah. You know, well, that would be the case of both the places we live. He absolutely. You know, he came to uh, he the went Spanish to Hawaii conquistadors. First, yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, and the Smithsonian covering up remnants of giant skeletons, secret societies that hid large amounts of information. I think that's the mm-hmm. biggest thing. Is that these secret mm-hmm. societies, they went and they, they, they said, okay, nope. Humanity does not need to know this big because somebody on this planet knows this origin story. It's not like it's totally yeah. lost. I don't no. think, I think these elites know and they're trying to hide. And why is the US military going or did they go in the Iraq war and destroy uh, sites, uh, looted the, and supposedly they were looking for the um, Stargate uh, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. Gilgamesh's well, tomb. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I can actually provide actual. Uh, so I know a guy, actually one of the guys that's been on the show, and I don't know whether he said this on the show, so I won't add him, but one of the guys that's been on the show, mm-hmm. his friend was a Marine in Gulf 2, right? And one of the first things they, because if you would have seen TikToks or, you know, there's videos about it where they went in, that actually happened. They definitely, one of the first things they did when they got into Iraq is they went into all the museums and his mate stood guard outside the museums. All these big trucks rocked up. All these people went into the museums. They got a heap of stuff out of the museums and they drove the trucks away and no, no, never the tween shall meet. No one knows what they grabbed. His job was just to guard, but he was one of the guards. So that is absolutely true. That happened. That dovetails right a friend of a friend story. I know yeah. the same story from another friend who has a friend there who's go. there. Yeah, and yep. he did the exact same thing. He guarded yep. an old site like a ziggurat and they mm-hmm. they looted it yeah this guy this guy was guarding the museums yeah yeah so the, the and let's go back to the fact that as i say within 24 hours someone sat in congress and told the people of the world that aliens exist and ufos exist right yeah. so if they've been hiding that technology and that level of knowledge for who knows how long realistically right but it goes deeper than that as well, Loomis. Across Egypt, across Sumeria, across Mesopotamia, there's all these stella of faces that are carved out. Um, you could even say there's nose on the Sphinx being destroyed, right? Because yeah. there seems to be like they, they, they chip the faces off all these things. Right. right? Because the, the, the Sphinx face is not the dude that built it, right? The Mystery no. of the Sphinx is an excellent DVD. I've got a couple of copies hiding somewhere. Um, Robert Bavall's early work. Um, yeah, with Jonathan, excellent. John Anthony West. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Everyone needs to watch that. Um, that's not whoever they say, the person who say the built Sphinx is not the who the Sphinx is. No. Right. And they, and they messed it, they messed its face up. There is, there is a systematic destruction of, um, and just a denial. And obviously there's like a cognitive dissonance, Loomis, where it's just like, we're just not even going to acknowledge that Baalbek has 1200 ton stones times nine. You know what I mean? We're just not even going to talk about it. Yeah. 
Um, you know, because if they did, then their entire narrative falls apart. You know, I think the the reason they're trying to control the past, Loomis, is because if you control the past, you control the present, and therefore you influence the future. You know. Yeah, well said, exactly. And they they and it flips the paradigm on them if we are to, um, you know, uncover this because they've got control of this evolution mm. paradigm and. You know, they had control of religions. They don't want us to know all this stuff. And no. and I think it, it and it says a lot about our origins and it says a lot about where we came from and what our purpose is here for. Mm. Mm. And mm. if they can amass that and keep us busy going to work and going to school and going home and watching TV and getting brainwashed, then they can continue on what they're mm. doing. And mm. If we stop and pause and go, wait, who are we? What are we doing here? We don't even fit into nature. We don't fit in, in society. Like we, society's weird. We're not really meant to be in cubicles and drive everywhere and stuff. No, we're not. Not at all. So that's not life. You could, you could go, you could go deeper and say that the, um, the psychedelic, you know, banning psychedelics because that Terrence McKenna said that it's society, society disruptor. Because if you, yeah, you know, you take, four grams of mushrooms, you're going to f- realize that everything's bullshit. You know? <laughs> that's, that's, and once you remove that layer, it doesn't come back. No, exactly. Does it never, you never, it never, those, you can never put that glasses, those glasses back on, mate. No. Um, but there is, man, there is a cover up there and there is a cognitive dissonance. However, I think, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a line in a poem that I wrote last year, uh, about the last few years, and it, the, the line goes, yes, the dark is rising. However, the light must rise to meet it. And I think, That's good. you know, we are the light, man. We are the ones trying to shine light on this stuff and we're not going to give up. We're not going to stop because um, we can't. We're obsessed, right? It's not like we could stop anyway if we wanted to, um, which lends to another morphic resonance, man. You know what I mean? Like, is there is there a genetic predisposition did we guard the standing stones back in the day loomis mate you know what i mean um and therefore that's why we're obsessed now we we know these secrets right we are our if you tap back through our lineages back to the zeptepi we know these secrets within us right and some of us have 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 that bug where we're like we know this right it's because we're not we're not searching for uh, like the, the the actual story. We know the story. We're searching for the answers and the truth to the story. We don't question the the fact that we're older than we think, but we're more advanced than we think. Like in my mind, at least, that's a no. That I believe. Uh, my gut, my heart, my soul tells me oh, yeah. that that's what it was. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. And that we've been restricted, and we are continuing to be restricted, right? Yeah, and even um, even with these these shots, this round of shots that went around. Exactly. I mean, what what is that doing? That's like it's the lowering latest. the vibration, man. It's lowering the vibration. Okay, I, yeah. now that we're at the we're at the back end of that sort of that craziness, it is an mRNA thing, right? Which mm-hmm. manipulates your DNA. All right, so that is then. If we're saying DNA is um, memory, DNA is genome, is all that sort of stuff, then it is it is taking that away, right? That, that there is, you know, it's 
It's craziness, man. It's craziness. It well, is mate, crazy. I have to. I have to yeah, go. I know. Um, you I have to go, man. I, I. I don't. I don't like. Don't like cutting us off. But uh, another awesome show, man. Um, yes, I agree. Thank you so much, and uh, looking forward to maybe seeing you, mate. Uh, yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, the thing about my podcasting gear, like this mic and everything you see, is completely portable, man. So I can chuck it in a bag and we can record studio quality audio on the beach at the Sunshine Coast if that's what you want to do, if we get the chance. Oh, sure. So, sure. Um, yeah. You know, that could be good fun. But uh, see what we can do. I don't even, I don't have final thoughts, man. That was, t- that was deep. That was that we we rattled off, <laughs> and and each of those subcategories could be a whole fucking show. Exactly, man. We <laughs> only did we did barely scratch the surface. So we are sorry to frustrate our listeners by saying put a pin, put a pin. However, it would never end. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it would I never mean, can, end. Mate. Can you wrap up humanity's story in two hours? Hell no, no, no way. No, you can't. No way. No, I no, mean, there's can't. so much um, both of us could have said more, but. Well, maybe we'll pick this up again and we'll do this exact same thing more deeper, you know? I mean, yeah, I like it. I I liked it. I like this. I like this variation to picking two or three topics and, and seeing where we end up. Yeah. I still don't, the name hasn't come to me, mate. I still don't know what the name of this show is. We'll think about that. We'll ruminate on that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man. Hey, thank you very much. Uh, please look after yourself, dude. You too. 